Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. The border crisis continues as the Texas governor signs a law allowing migrants, quote-unquote migrants, to be arrested. The White House, of course, attacks it. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Joining me now is Congressman Guy Reschenthaler. He is the chief deputy whip, proudly representing the people of Pennsylvania's 14th district in the United States House of Representatives. And it's great to have him here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Hello, Guy. How are you? Rich, great to be on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, I just want to say ahead of time, Merry Christmas. Before we get into the political talk, Merry Christmas, my friend. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well, buddy. I appreciate that and all your hard work in Congress uh, fighting for us. Where do you want to start? I mean, it's such a freaking mess right now. Do you want to begin with the border? Shall we start there? Let's do the border. I mean, there's so much going on, but but Rich, you know, the border is front and center. Just yesterday, we had a record set of illegal border crossings, over 12,000 at the southern border. And, and this, is, this is problematic on so many levels. I mean, for one, you just have the massive amount of illegal immigration, but you also have illegal immigrants that are being caught that are on the terrorist watch list, that are coming from places like China, military-age males. You have people coming from Africa, from areas in Africa that are controlled by terrorist organizations like Boko Haram. You have people from the Middle East that are, that are coming across. So there's a huge issue there. And, and already, just just in the Biden administration, you had roughly 300 people on the terrorist watch list that have been apprehended at the southern border, which begs the question, how many on the terrorist watch list were not apprehended? Because the vast majority goes go through without being apprehended. It only took 19 terrorists to pull off 9-11. Uh, I, I can guarantee you there's more than 19 terrorists that are in the interior of our country. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it's 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 certainly a, a a very scary situation when you think about the people coming here. No question about it. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know about the people that are the gotaways, and that's the other problem, too. The, all the numbers you just mentioned, Guy, those are the numbers that we know about. We don't know about the people we don't know about, obviously, so those numbers are obviously going to be even higher. Exactly, exactly. And while we're talking about numbers, you know, every day in the United States, roughly 300 people die of fentanyl overdoses. This would be like every single day a commercial airliner going down. 
And it's going down because we have a poor southern border that allows fentanyl to to pour across. People are literally dying here in the interior, and we're doing nothing about it. This is a disgrace. This is a mark of shame on the administration. What can we do about it? I mean, what what is going to happen here? You know, it seems as if this administration is just hell-bent on keeping the border wide open. I know there's negotiations going on in Capitol Hill right now, uh, which is which is involving tying some sort of border measure, immigration measure with aid to Ukraine and aid to Israel. So where does all that stand right now? Well, unfortunately, the Democrats and the Biden administration don't want to do anything to secure the border. So we've got to take one of their priorities and hold it as leverage so we can get border wins. Uh, they care. They seem to care about one thing above everything else, and that's Ukraine. So why don't we say that we'll fund Ukraine if we get concessions at the southern border? Now, do I think we're going to get 100% of HR2? That's the bill that the House passed. Uh, it was the first border security bill we passed since the early 90s. Do I think we get everything? Probably not because we're negotiating negotiating with the Senate, but maybe we can get remain in Mexico to be reinstated. Maybe we can end the catch and release program that's going on now. Uh, maybe, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can get portions of the border wall actually constructed. Uh, and then we can fence money. So you appropriate funds, but then you fence the money. So it's released when you hit certain matrix. So you can say it'll be released if, uh, in a given month, you have illegal border crossings below a certain number. I mean, there's, there's various ways you can finagle the numbers, but we could do something to have accountability for the administration if they're actually to get the, the money that we're appropriating. Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, uh, let's switch to the economy for a moment, if we could. You tweeted out earlier today at your, your ex account, at G Reschenthaler, one in three Americans are foregoing gifts this year due to inflation. One in four Americans still have holiday debt from the previous year. One in five Americans will apply for a new credit card to help with holiday shoppings. shopping. That's Bidenomics. I was going to say, couldn't have said it better myself, but then again, that was you my tweet. You did say it. Well done. So that, yeah. Um, look, this is this is Bidenomics. You know, Green uh, John Pierre and the rest. They want to tell us how great Bidenomics Bidenomics are working. Uh, it's not for for every average everyday Americans, average Americans. They are hurting right now, and as those numbers and stats show, you know, you've got. 30% of Americans foregoing Christmas gift exchanges this year. You have people that are going, taking out new credit cards, going into debt to afford the Christmases that they, they have with small, with small and young families. Um, this is a problem. And I believe that the rolling elite, uh, you, you know, your, your EV driver that lives in an affluent suburb, they don't, they have such a disconnect with where most Americans are. Uh, this economy is lagging. Bidenomics is not working for hardworking Americans. Congressman, I agree with you 100%. Obviously, we're seeing that right now. No, no question about it. The inflation is still killing people. I read somewhere that Pennsylvania has the highest grocery store prices of any state in our region, about 6% higher than, than, than anywhere else. There's also a story today that I read about Biden's anti-fossil fuel regulatory agenda could be sapping $100 billion from the U.S. economy a year. I guess the question that I was asked yesterday, which is, how important is Pennsylvania to 2024? And how, wh- what do you see being the big issues as we ramp up for another election year? 
Well, the, the issue, so Pennsylvania is going to be critical. And right now, Trump is ahead in Pennsylvania, just like he's ahead in Michigan, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, and Georgia. I think Trump's going to win in 24. But uh, there's going to be so many issues. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to really be about economics. People know that they were better off when President Trump was president than when then Biden came in and had Bidenomics. Inflation numbers show that uh, real wages are down, for example, and people's paychecks have not kept pace with with this r- rapid uh, increasing inflation number. So that's going to be the forefront. Also, we have a huge crime problem. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, very dangerous cities. Uh, you, so you're going to see crime be a, be a central issue in the race in Pennsylvania. What about what about the uh, the anti-Semitic protests we've seen that are going on? You got, you got a, there's a lot of nuts in Congress. Obviously, they're in the other party. A lot of nutbags. We see there were pro Hamas protesters who shut down 676 in Philadelphia last week. You saw what was going on in New York City yesterday. Uh, what's happening at the Capitol building right now? I understand there's a bunch of of pro Palestinian whack jobs who are who are uh, taking over the Capitol building as we speak. So what? How much of, of that is going to affect things? I mean, obviously you you were outspoken about. Liz McGill, the former president of Penn. You had a lot to say about that, right? I did. So I led a letter with members of the Republican delegation calling for McGill to be fired. Now, she stepped down, um, but it just shows you the extent you have to go to uh, to hold these woke universities to, to account. And the, the thing that strikes me about the universities is that the double standard. I mean, Penn ranks, there's an institution called FIRE, which ranks free speech on college campuses. UPenn ranks bottom to the, they're they're second from the bottom. The bottom is actually Harvard. So these universities will kick you out if you use a wrong pronoun. Uh, They're the ones that say speech is violence. But it's amazing the tolerance they have, the, 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 the discovery of the First Amendment when it comes to calling for the genocide of Jews. It's anti-Semitic. It's wrong. It should be called out. And we should hold those people accountable. Um, but the, the, in terms of the electoral, uh, I, I don't know polling numbers where we are now. This will, this will affect the presidential election. What it's doing, though, is it's ripping off this veneer uh, of the Democrats and it's showing them for what they are. They're neo-Marxists. Uh, that have uh, uh, tinges of anti-Semitism running through their party. These are extremists. And if you look at polling with young people, for example, if you're under 25 years old, you're overwhelmingly in support of Hamas over Israel. If you're over 65, you're overwhelmingly in support of Israel over Hamas. So there's something, there's a disconnect between the generations. What is it? It's that colleges have radicalized this generation. They view everything through a Marxist lens of oppressed versus oppressor. So when they look at Hamas and Israel, they view Israel as the oppressors and Hamas as the oppressed. So they'll make excuses for the horrible atrocities that Hamas is having on Israel. And it's completely uh, com- completely ignorant of the thousands of years history of Jews being um, subjugated and oppressed. Uh, but they view everything that way. That's why they're anti-Western, because they view the West itself and America as an oppressor, and they view the rest of the world as oppressed. Uh, th- this is a very dangerous ideology. I'm very fearful of where it's heading, uh, but we'll see what happens in the ballot box. And if if voters realize that the Democrats are as extreme as the McGills of the world or the, the, the um, uh, President Gay, for example, at Harvard, I mean, this, these are the thought leaders in their party and they're rabidly anti-Semitic.
Yeah, I think I think you made a great point about that. They view the world through the lens of oppressor and oppressed, and they've been brainwashed into believing that Israel is the oppressor, uh, and it's not. Of course, it's absolutely not. But that's what they that's what they believe. So they, you, you, this is why you have young kids, woke kids, you know, young adults out there saying that Hamas are freedom fighters. And it's also why it seems as if this administration is very reluctant to do anything to stop the attacks by the Houthis, which are occurring on American forces and also affecting international shipping. I mean, this is going to have real consequences for the American economy and the global economy, too, if we can't keep those international shipping lanes open. But the only thing I can come up with is that Biden is just so afraid of upsetting his base, uh, which is why the United States right now looks looks feckless, right, in this situation. Well, if we had a real president projecting American power abroad, we would just have uh, airstrikes or we'd be striking from our warships and we'd take out these these ragtag bases of, of Houthi pirates and Houthi terrorists. It's amazing. And remember, the Biden administration delisted the Houthis from the terrorist, um, the terrorist organization list, which makes it even harder to deal with. But um, you didn't see them doing this under President Trump. They're doing this because they know that they can push Biden around and America is weak when we have this doddering fool leading our country. You also have an entire administration that is hell bent on getting some kind of peace deal with Iran, some kind of like a, a nuclear deal 2.0 with Iran. So they don't want to infuriate Iran. Meanwhile, Iran take this, took the $6 billion that we lifted from them, and they turned around, they funded Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthi rebels, other terrorist organizations around the region, which did what? Attacked our good friends in Israel. Um, they're, they're leading to civil war in Yemen. They're attacking international trade and shipping. Uh, and they're really destabilizing the region. But the Biden administration is too fearful of calling them out. And again, it's partially that they, they are beholden to their far left radical base, but it's also because they have this naive sense of uh, foreign affairs where they think they can cut a deal with, with the Iranians, which the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps should be listed as a terrorist organization. They are state, the, the largest state-sponsored terror in the world. We'd be much better focusing on strengthening our ties with Israel and our Arab allies in the region rather than trying to capitulate to Iran. Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Keep up the good work. Follow him on Twitter, at G Reschenthaler. Uh, Merry Christmas, and we will talk again soon. You too, Rich. Take care. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, we got a lot more to cover for you as the show continues today. I'm going to get into the uh, transgender activist who's now been charged with underage rape in Philadelphia. We'll get into that with you. Uh, Also, too, the actual cost of Biden's war on fossil fuels, what it means for you every single day. And really, I mean, you heard guys say it, but uh, the administration is actually running around and suggesting that Christmas is cheaper this year. Do you feel that way? Do 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 you agree with that? Do you think that it's cheaper? And Nikki Haley. Is really Nikki Haley surging or is this all a fugazi designed to make people believe that she's surging because the Republican establishment is grasping at straws right now? I'll give you some numbers on that as we continue along here today. 855-839-1210. If you'd like to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli and a great piece of the Daily Wire, why gender doctors are modern lobotomists. Yes, lobotomy. Remember lobotomy from uh, from the good old days of American psychiatry, right? Or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, whichever you want to relate to. 
Yes, they are the modern lobotomists. It's an excellent comparison. I'll share that with you as well. But listen, guys, uh, you got to make her happy this Christmas. Come on, your wife, your girlfriend, love your life. You got to make sure that you make her happy. And here's what you got to do. You have to get her the beautiful, soft, silky feel of naturally nude pajamas. They are so soft and so luxurious, and she is going to look beautiful in them. And you are going to be very, very happy with how beautiful she looks. And here's the best part. If you order the naturally nude pajamas, right now pajamagram.com they're going to include a free matching naturally nude nighty that's a 75 dollars value yours free they'll wrap it for you ship it right away and you'll get it in time for christmas but you better do it now it always sells out for christmas and let's face it christmas is only in a few days so do it now pajamagram.com it's better than lingerie it looks beautiful and she's so comfortable and she'll be nice and warm and cozy but you will love the look absolutely seductive and very very beautiful the free matching naturally nude nighty is a win a 75 dollars value yours free but do it now pajamagram.com pajamagram.com call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. What is this? Mary, did you know Mary, by you Kenny know Rogers and Winona? Wow. This is the first time you're ever hearing this? Mary, did you uh, I've heard different renditions of the song. Save our sons and daughters. That's pretty. Keep going. It's nice. Did you know Who requested this one? Oh, man, I forget. <laughs> I, I'm just writing them down here as I see them. This child that you, you are very accommodating today, Henry. You know that? I try. I try to be a man of the people. You are a populist. Did you know <laughs> There's no question about it. Your baby it's a beautiful rendition. We'll give sight to you know, Willie Nelson's having his 90th birthday party soon. Willie Nelson, a pot has kept him alive for a long, long time. I saw him in concert last summer. <laughs> you did? I got invited to that, but my buddy Don invited me. But I couldn't make it, but how was it? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Willie's the man. Still going. Still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he puts on a good show. <clears throat> Live life like Willie Nelson, that's what I always say. Except I don't do pot, but otherwise. <laughs> does he have any Christmas music? I'm sure he does. Willie? Of course. Does he? Oh, I guarantee Willie Nelson has Christmas music. I'm guarantee it. This. So look, look it up. Just uh, do a quick look. I'm not quick going search. to request it, though, because I know if I do, my request will not be granted. Henry will ignore me, you'll yell at me, and we'll never get to hear Willie Nelson Christmas. So, for the record, I don't even want to hear it. Well, that's true. That's a good point. I requested but, one song and today, and it got rejected. 
What what song did you come up with today? I wanted to hear uh, Burl Ives' uh, Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. It's uh, a good one, but I thought we were trying to avoid the mainstream ones. That's why I'm taking these requests. <laughs> Sure, nothing I want. As if, as if there wasn't like a sister station down the hall playing those on repeat. <laughs> People like the classics. I understand, and maybe we'll get to that if I run out of requests here. But to Henry's point, there is a, our sister station B101 has probably played at this point in time right now. Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" 750 times by now. I've given up hope on that one. I didn't even ask for that one no. today. I've just no. let that dream no. die. Yeah, let it die. Because they start doing the Christmas music now, what, like July 3rd? <laughs> yeah, that's probably, probably I mean, true. Every year it gets earlier and earlier. It used to be Thanksgiving. It used to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now it's, uh, I think it's it's Labor Day. <laughs> oh, Johnny Z asked for Mary, did you know? Well, thank you. Thank you, Johnny Z. And thanks for coming out to the Grand Hotel on Friday. We had a great time. It was good to see you there. You and your wife and your son. It was very nice to see you guys. Uh, Mary, did you know? That's a catchy one. It's pretty Very good. catchy. I started to watch uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town last night with the kids. That's the libertarian Christmas movie that I love so much with Burgermeister Meisterberger, who bans toys. <laughs> and we played his song on the show last week, I think. Yes. And it's did. the origin story of Santa Claus, how he's uh, basically a rebel. I mean, he's, uh, he's going up against the man. He's going up against the evil tyrant who's banned toys. And he's, he's, uh, he's giving out toys to people. He's, he's uh, committing civil disobedience, Santa Claus. <laughs> do your it's a kids, good movie. Do your kids now know um, the horrors behind an authoritarian government? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I took the time to explain it all to them. They're just <laughs> looking at me like, Dad, can we, just watch, can we just watch the Christmas cartoon? Please. Does everything have to be a political lecture about tyranny? Like, can we just enjoy the, the, the Christmas show? Please. <laughs> Now, somebody mentioned to me today, and I don't know if this is true, but remember in uh, Christmas Vacation, the woman who plays the clerk in the store, Mary, yeah. and she shows Chevy Chase some of lingerie? I, yes, I remember that scene. Clark Griswold. And she says, uh, and of course, the famous line when he looks over at Russ, goes, can't see the line, can you, Russ? That actress is 70 years old next month. Wow. Nicolette wow. Scorsese. Yeah, 70 years old next month. That's point of personal privilege right there. My friend said that around and said, you know, you might be getting a little old when that hottie and the clerk, the clerk in the, in the store is 70 now, you know? So just saying, ouch. Wow. She is 70. I didn't believe you. Yeah. The movie's like what? 40 years old now? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Ed Nasta, as I do my Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in, says, Rich, there's a great alternative version to that song. It's called Biden, Did You Know? Very good. Biden, did you know? (laughs) Very good. Well done. Uh, 855-839-1210. If you'd like to weigh in today, we have a lot to chat about. We have a lot of great audio for you as well. And uh, I will be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. We'll take the first hour of his show live, as we always do whenever I fill in our uh, esteemed program director slash brand manager slash Darth Stocker slash co-host of Kale Company slash El Jefe. Greg Stocker allows that to occur whenever I fill in for Mark, which is always very Nice and appreciated. Here is, uh, let's see here, is a little bit on the economy. CNBC. 66% of Americans, not good, not good. Cut number four. Those who are optimistic now and for the future, 
just 15% now. And for the year, now, by the way, this is up a little bit on the quarter, but this is the year for the average. 66% being pessimistic now and for the future is a record high in the 17 years we've been doing this. So we've never found people more depressed. We've never found people more economically depressed. Oh, going into an election year. Ouch. I believe we have another CNBC cut as well today from uh, this this analysis of Americans standing on the economy. Remember, this is bad news, but good news. It's good news if you want change in the White House in 2024, because with these kind of numbers, there's no way this guy gets reelected president. There's no freaking way, no chance, no how. I don't care. All the cheating in the world is not going to help him. Take a listen. Americans giving President Biden terrible approval numbers, no matter how you look at it. First, let's look overall. 35% overall approval versus 59%, a record high for the CNBC All-America survey during the president's tenure. 33-62 on the economy. Uh, he's he's as, almost as much underwater as he's ever been. And then now on foreign policy, 29-63, that's a record high. 34 points underwater. Let's look at where it's fallen from 41%. If we go and look at the, the, the trajectory on this, up five points on disapproval, down six points on approval. This is not the most wonderful way for a president to be handing in into a re-election year. And one really interesting group that we've been looking at now is the Latino vote and Latino preference here. You can see that it was sort of even uh, in the second quarter and now a big gap here with 61% disapproval of President Biden and just 28% approval. Ouch. Ooh, fa. Those are bad numbers. Those are bad numbers. You know, uh, that doesn't change next year. How does it change next year? I don't. I mean, the Fed would have to cut interest rates down to the 2% for that to change. It would have to be that drastic. So that doesn't change. That's not good. That's not very good at all. But nevertheless, little Pete, Pete Buttigieg, little Pete Buttigieg, he's out there saying that what's happening right now is the Biden economic recovery. As just 14% of Americans say they're better off under Biden's economy. Cut five. Now I want to zoom out and talk a little bit about the last three years, because I think it bears repeating that when President Biden took office about three years ago, the biggest concern at the time around the nation's airlines was whether they would be able to stay in business. And at the time, we were thinking about how many years or decades it would take for the U.S. aviation sector to recover. Instead, what happened was that the entire economy, including the aviation sector, recovered swiftly during the Biden economic recovery, which, of course, included demand coming back faster than most forecasters had thought possible. Because you lifted restrictions, you dope. That's why demand came back. People were allowed to travel again. It's not that complicated. Uh, And he doesn't, of course, bring up the fact that airlines are struggling right now because of how many pilots lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates. They're losing ground every month. This is grim. This is a uh, little cut I have CNN sounding the alarms right now. Filling in for Dana Bash and Inside Politics, CNN anchor Jim Acosta who, of course, as you remember, was a prisoner for four years under Donald Trump in a journalist internment camp on the South Lawn of the White House. For four years, Jim Acosta survived on beans and rice and water as he was a prisoner after Trump suspended the First Amendment and ordered all journalists jailed. But since his freedom, he's been out there a lot. I'm sorry, that's not, he wasn't actually... He wasn't, okay, that, he wasn't actually jailed. I sort of exaggerated that a little bit. He actually wrote a book and was on TV all the time and made millions of dollars. But, but nevertheless, he could have been. 
Huh? And if Trump comes back, he'll definitely lock up Jim Acosta this time. Am I right? Oh, you know I'm right. Because obviously he meant to do it the first time and just forgot. Anyway, here's Jim Acosta, cut seven. People, look, what I, what I have discovered in doing my polling in Europe, in the UK, and here, is what matters is how many months people have been struggling to deal with inflation. And each month they get madder and madder about it, as long as their, their wages are trailing prices. And so they're still, grumpy right now. They're still three, look, <laughs> get out of the bubble. Yeah. They are three, it's 3% higher than it was yeah. uh, when Biden came in. In the last, in the last six months, uh, there has been a decline in disposable income. So the, the context is you have, to, you have to start there. Inflation is like 30 points higher than the next problem. And you can't, you know, what the president currently doing is his tweets always start with, we're making progress. And then he mentions prices. Yeah. <clears throat> if you look at it, ads aimed at black voters, it's mainly trying to convince them they're doing a good job. But that's not where they are. They are, not, they are losing ground every month and anger about it. But then you have, to, you have to stop. You have to say, what's the main problem? How do you, you, know, how do you deal with the first problem, which is inflation and the cost of living is grim it's really really grim these numbers and the problem is it keeps getting grimmer and it's grim for a long time remember this was this was the the democracy core this guy did this along with james carville part of a study of 2500 voters during the month of november this is grim now, interestingly enough, as uh, Trump's lead, and I agree with Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, I, I do think Trump's going to win if he's the nominee. I really do. But the Republican establishment keeps telling you that Nikki Haley is the only chance and that they have to stop Trump. So they're putting all this money behind her. Even National Review, which hates Donald Trump, acknowledges Trump is still dominant. And they write the fact that the problem for Haley is that there's no sign that she's moving up in Iowa. And the problem for the anti-Trump cause generally is that DeSantis is moving up only at the margins while his super PAC melts down. If Trump wins Iowa going away, it's going to be very hard to beat him in New Hampshire. It's true that Iowa and New Hampshire often produce a split decision, but we've seen Iowa winners like Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum who are too Southern or too religious for New Hampshire. That's not true for Trump. In 2016, he lost Iowa and won New Hampshire. The best scenario for stopping Trump is still a miracle. A miracle DeSantis surge in Iowa. The second best would be a DeSantis collapse and strong Haley move into a second place in Iowa. Neither seems likely. That leaves the underwhelming Trump victory scenario. And again, maybe that happens, but the public polling shows it moving the other way. Haley's showing in the new CBS poll of New Hampshire is the first glimmer of competitiveness in the race in a long time, they acknowledge. But it's to her credit she's gotten here after a very slow start. Her movement has been a surprise to many people, and they say perhaps there's more surprises to come. But I think Nikki Haley is going nowhere. And I also believe what Tucker Carlson said is correct, that if if Donald Trump were to pick Nikki Haley as his running mate, it would turn off a lot of his supporters. It would be disastrous because Nikki Haley is way too pro-war. She's way too pro-Ukraine. And I think it would be very, very dangerous for the world. I really do. I really, I, I mean that. I'm saying that. And I believe fully in my heart that what Tucker Carlson says here about Nikki Haley is true. And I think he speaks for a lot of people who are Trump supporters. Cut number eight. Someone asked me, would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And I, 
Would you guys vote no? for Trump? Well, I mean, that's the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I, right. I, I, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I well, that, that's, I, just, I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots, and who is not only is, is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most speaking of nihilist, nihilistic way, and has no real popular support. Is like is a creature of the oligarchs. So yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. I mean, it's not good. That's that's a problem. He wouldn't just not support it. He would actively oppose it. But this is why the Republican establishment is pushing Nikki Haley so hard. I, there, were, there were two articles that I read today about Nikki Haley. One of them says her pathway is clear. This is how Nikki Haley wins and becomes a nominee. It is, it's a fantasy. The, the, Trump's lead in, in Iowa and New Hampshire is just way too, too high. He's going to win both. And when he does win both, then at that point, declare him the Republican nominee because it's, it's over at that point. I mean, the, the, what, else, what else do you need? I've already told you I think the primary is over. And I'm not basing that based on any Trump support. I'm basing that on just political science. I mean, there is a science to politics after all, and science involves data and looking at numbers. And even though I'm not very good at math, I'm good enough to be able to read those numbers and understand that it would take a miracle for either DeSantis or for Haley to be able to overcome this disadvantage right now. And when you've got articles in Politico where they're saying that Mexicans are looking forward to the return of Trump, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Black voters, Latino voters, they're all moving away from Biden. And... It's, it's, it's why the Republican establishment is getting so nervous because they know that Trump can win. It's not because they think Trump can't win. That's one of the talking points that they tell you. It's a lie. They know Trump can win, and that's why they want to stop him, period. Now, this is a painful clip. Here's Representative Liz Cheney on Fox News sparring with Fox News anchor Brett Baer after Baer pushed Cheney on whether or not she is equally critical of Joe Biden as she is of former President Donald Trump. And like a lot of these loser Republicans, they spend all of their time going after Trump. And the reason why is because it's a cottage industry. They're able to get paid to do so, whether it's Kinzinger, whether it's Cheney, whether it's somebody else. But hey, you're supposed to be a Republican. Where's, where's all the criticism of Joe Biden? Why don't you spend some time going after Joe Biden? Cut six. You know, the rulings of our courts are fundamental to who we are uh, as a constitutional republic. If a president doesn't enforce those rulings, they don't have weight. Right. But what about the point it made in this op-ed uh, specifically? And, and I understand what you're saying about the former president, what you feel about what would happen. But you well, haven't been but vocal. It's not, it's but not, you haven't right. been vocal about but President what, Biden well, when, like, executive yeah, orders to cancel student loan, but, ban but evictions, mandate COVID yeah, vaccines. Brett, well, here's a I, list. I think it's a very different After thing. the SCOTUS ruling. Are you going to let me answer the Yeah, question, I am. Though? Just let me list them. After the SCOTUS ruled against it, he still used regulatory means to write off, you know, the student debt, wall off uh, 1.5 million acres of land for fossil fuel. What, what this basically is saying is that there are things that have been done outside of the rule of federal courts that you haven't weighed in on. Well, first of all, I don't think it's true that I haven't weighed in on those. And I think a lot of those, if you look at the kinds of things that he's done with respect, for example, to energy policy, with respect to setting aside lands across the West, I've been very vocal that I think those policies are wrong. It's very different from a president. And look, you wrote a book uh, about George Washington. The last chapter of your book is called The Gift of a Peaceful Transition of Power. That's, that is what we're talking about. Yeah, but, but this I, is not about this, me. That's right. But that's a very important concept. Let me finish my answer. Because every single president, Republican and Democrat, since George Washington, has ensured the peaceful transition of power. Donald Trump tried to seize power. 
So you see, they are obsessed with this. But that's the problem, is that the the anti-Trump Republicans are spewing the wrong message over and over and over again. Nobody cares about January 6, 2021. What they care about is how the economy was in January of 2021, period. That's the difference. That's what they care about. Everything is telling us that. Every polling data, every polling metric, everything. Everything is saying that people care about how the economy was in January of 2021, not what a bunch of rioters did at the Capitol building. They don't care. They do care about the fact that there are hundreds of people who peacefully entered a, 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 an open building, a building that is open to the public, and have since been treated like political prisoners. Yeah, they do care about that. A lot of people's civil liberties have been completely devastated. And Americans also rightly care that people who actually committed violence that day, property damage and whatnot, that they get properly punished for it. People can think lots of different things at the same time. But the average person lives their life not thinking about January 6, 2021 with the obsession that Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger or any of these other people have. They think about the economy in January 2021 and how much better it was. And now they're thinking about the border in January of 2021 as we break all these record numbers at the border and they think about how much better the border situation was then. And for a lot of these people who are Mexican, they're turning around and saying, like from that political article I shared with you, quotes like, it was a lot better back then. It really was. Here's Fox News national correspondent Bill Malusian reporting at the southern border today. Cut number three. And the numbers just keep getting worse. Those 12,600 encounters you mentioned, that is the highest single day total ever recorded, beating the previous record just a couple of weeks ago. And Eagle Pass is just getting completely overrun. Take a look at this video. Uh, A contact on the ground there sent us last night. Thousands upon thousands of migrants camped out waiting uh, to be processed by Border Patrol. I can tell you I've spent hundreds of days in Eagle Pass over the last couple of years. I've never seen the situation that bad there Uh, and it is still going on this morning take a live look at our fox news drone over eagle pass right now you can see masses of migrants still camped out there waiting for border patrol uh, to take custody it's not good and that's why they're all saying biden has completely turned this place into s that's what a mexican-american said in that political article Right there, it's all you need. Hey, coming up, a federal judge wants the names of Jeffrey Epstein's pals to be released. Will that actually happen? Speaking of freaks and fetishists and weirdos who are overtaking our government, plus an LGBTQIA++, every letter of the alphabet transgender activist in Philadelphia has been arrested on child rape charges after palling around with Josh Shapiro and Larry Krasner and the Democrat elites in Philadelphia. I'll tell you about that as well. But listen, Dr. Mike Venaria, Great guy, great friend, the master of dental implants. And uh, this Christmas, I want you to think about it while you're on break. Think about giving yourself the gift of a beautiful smile because that's what Dr. Mike Venaria can deliver for you. If you've had an estimate for complicated dental work, Go see Dr. Mike and get a second opinion. He also does cosmetic dentistry, pain-free root canal treatment if necessary, and pediatric general. It's all there for you with Dr. Mike. That's why my entire family goes to see Dr. Mike Vitaria for the great work that he does. Two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury. So if you've been thinking about getting dental work done, if you've been thinking about getting a complicated dental procedure, now is the time. Reach out to him for a free consultation. If you have had another consultation, it's worth a second opinion, believe me, because Dr. Mike puts every emphasis on care and not cost, and that's the difference. That's why for 10 years, he has been voted as a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years, highly respected among his peers and his colleagues. So VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, what is this now? What do we got? So this is Little Drummer Boy slash Silent Night slash Old Lang Sign by the one and only Jimmy Hunter. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Right, now, who requested that? You know? That was Johnny Cook. I went back and looked for that. Johnny Cook. Very nice. All right, don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, I'll be uh, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, today. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Henry, what happened to the Eagles last night? What was that disaster I watched? What was that? I mean, I'm wondering the same thing as you. I mean, for weeks now they've been talking, you know, we got to get things right, we got to get things going, and yet they still didn't do it. I mean, it, it's starting to scare me a lot. I mean, you could you could take, you know, it's the Cowboys, the Niners, those are really good teams. Seahawks are in the middle of the pack team, right? If the playoffs started today, they wouldn't be in. Right. Uh, right. So it's it's a lot of things. I mean, on on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen's turning the ball over too much. Mm-hmm. He's turned the ball over too much. He's leading the the NFL in, in turnovers this year with 17. He's tied with Josh Allen. Uh, you can't win the game turning the ball over. And then on top of that, the the way they run the offense. So a lot of the games last year, they'd run run the ball, you know, absolutely just bully the other team, go on these long drives. And, you know, for a couple drives last night, they did do that. On the three scoring drives, I believe they were eight minutes long, seven minutes long, and then the third one was just under seven minutes long. So when they control the clock like that, it makes things a lot easier for them. The problem is every other drive didn't end up like that. And when you're not controlling the clock like that and you have a terrible defense like the Eagles do, uh, bad things are going to happen because that defense, again, got shredded in the second half. It, okay. did, it didn't matter who was calling the plays. Uh, it didn't matter you know, any of that. It's just they look completely lost out there at times. Yep, yep. And yeah, it's it's going to keep happening unless they can start controlling the clock again, and they they're not going to do it. They're not playing complementary football. The offense isn't helping the defense, and the defense isn't helping itself. So they got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out now. Yeah, well, well said, well said. Um, I agree, and people are nervous. There's a lot of nervousness today. Yeah, a lot of it. Absolutely, and it's well warranted at this point because it seems like there's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of you know. It's your fault. This is your assignment. No, this was the coverage. This was what I was supposed to do. Uh, it's it's not good. It's not looking good. Now, um, the other question I wanted to ask is, let's see, when we're talking about the um, the, the situation that happened with the guy with the sex in the Senate room, the, the porn <laughs> video they shot. Yeah, what a, what a segue. Okay. Um, well, I was just thinking about like long plays and – um, you know, coming coming from behind and you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was about some of that stuff. But I, I just wanted to ask the, the question, which is that do you, do, you, do you think it's worse to put your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk or your backside on a table and uh, film a, <laughs> a porn video? I know if it was my desk, I'd rather the feet, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the latter seems a little, little worse. My opinion. So my other movie, An Insurrection of Another Kind, which is coming out, I believe, in March. Um, Netflix pick up the rights to that. <laughs> Netflix picked up the rights to that. Yeah, An Insurrection of Another Kind. 
the um, the thing about it though is that uh, we we don't know the identity of the other guy in the video yet, right? So I'm wondering if that was an undercover FBI operative who was just seducing the Senate staffer to get him on video. Hmm? Have you thought about that? <laughs> kind of tie it all together. Well, he is claiming he's a victim. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, because what rational adult would ever let themselves be filmed doing a porn video if, if they were actually uh, a critical thinker, right? So he's clearly a victim. Duh. Some of the uh, movie titles that uh, they came up with, uh, The Seat of Government, Reclaiming My Time Behind. This was uh, Greg Gutfeld's uh, movie ideas. Reclaiming My Time Behind. Testimoning. I like that one. Testimoning. You like that? Testimoning. <laughs> Pretty good. That's, that's a, uh, I don't know. Is, are we releasing that in theaters or? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ben Cardin's Cheeks of Staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, here's Ben Cardin reacting to that of what his uh, what his uh, little freaking weirdo fetishist aide, former aide, did here. Boy, Cardin is uh, very uncomfortable with this line of questioning, as you can imagine, as one would be uh, in this situation. Take a listen. Yeah, how did he get in there? I don't know the details. Do you, what was this stuff like? What is not, it? I, my knowledge of this uh, was over the weekend when I learned about it made sure that he was separated so he left uh, the senate employment and that uh, the appropriate steps were taken from the point of view of our office did he exhibit any unusual behavior while he was working in the office that would not be the right one day I, I, do you know him very well or i would have to ask uh, the, the, these are personnel issues and uh, i would not be the right person I, i'm not gonna i just not gonna get into a personnel issue do you, do you think there will be criminal charges pressed? i'm not gonna get into personnel investigation issues but do but your your office is what cooperating with the Capitol Police on this, and have they contacted you to look I, into this? They haven't contacted me, uh, uh, but I, I'd have to check to see if someone in my office was contacted. Mm. Well, was this a staffer just following the earlier question that you knew personally that you worked with personally? I know all my staff people, so I well, know. Were you personally close to the staffer? Did you know them well? I can't tell you that I. I'm, I'm not going to get into my relationship with safety. The video is is it is that that looks like a legit video, right? I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that because I it's not that's something to be investigated. I guess I don't know. I'm not going to get into the specifics because I don't. It's not what I know. You met with Senator Schumer today. Was this part of the discussion with them? Uh, Thank you. Okay. Thank you. They probably should have ended that a long time ago. But the Senate staffer is acting like a victim exactly like Hunter Biden. It's the same playbook. It's the same exact playbook. And there was a great piece that was written in the New York Post by Kristen Fleming about this. And she said, sex in the Senate is bad enough, but claiming you're the victim, that's truly shameless. Yes, indeed it is. Because remember, he said he's being attacked because of who he loves. The seediness was courtesy of Aiden Mays Soropsky. The politico-turned-amateur porn actor was identified as the enthusiastic jock-strap-wearing participant in the eight-second clip. A 24-year-old legislative aide as a Cardin spokesperson confirmed later this day is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate, but Macy hyphen Serposky, by the way, dudes with hyphen names, hyphenated names, make me uncomfortable. I'm just going to say that for the record. <laughs> I'm just going to say that for the record. Guys with hyphenated names make me uncomfortable. I'm not saying all of them do, but for the most part, it's just a, it's a thing. It's a weird thing. I think it's weird. Anyway, uh, but Maisie hyphen Serposky did not simply cop to the dirty deed and apologize for desecrating a room where our country's top officials have testified. He didn't even attempt the classic George Costanza was that wrong defense. 
Instead, he went broke, claiming that his bare backside was being splashed across the media because he's gay and a Democrat. He said, this has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Well, some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment. I love my job. I would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. As for the accusations regarding Congressman Max Miller, I've never seen the congressman and had no opportunity to cause to yell or confront him. You see, he is the victim here. He just loves, he just loves, and his love has just overtaken him. He also had tweeted at some point the following, um, or I guess put something on his um, Venmo, I think. I want Joe Biden to spit in my mouth. Oh, that's gross. He's allegedly made a habit of posting kinky images and videos on his own ex account, Twitter account, reportedly having been warned by his superior to tone down his posts, including a nude in the work showers. But the uh, thing about this is that this little narcissist, this little creep, this little pervert, joins a long line of perverts in the Democrat Party. Let's be let's be honest here. Let's be honest. And there's a lot of this uh, going on in politics in general. But to come to come around and say you're the victim here, like Hunter Biden with all of his videos and pictures and everybody else, all the lewdness and everything else is the wrong approach to this. Why not just come out and say, all right, you know what? In hindsight, this was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. Maybe it was bad, but that's the problem though. We're dealing with Democrats and all they have is a victim mentality that they are clearly, clearly the victim, clearly, clearly the oppressed and clearly the ones who have to now turn around and demand that you understand why they did the perverted, disgusting act in the first place. And if you criticize it, the problem is on you. You see, it's on you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We got a lot more to chat about today, uh, but I want to tell you about my buddy Tom Skopinich because he's a great guy, a great friend of the show, and he's going to fight for you if you are ever hurt in an accident because that's the guy he is. He's that kind of a guy, and he's a tough, tough fighter when it comes to that because Tom Skopinich knows firsthand exactly how the insurance companies operate. People don't realize this, but insurance companies are big businesses and they are concerned with one thing and that is their bottom line. So insurance companies are going to fight your case, but Tom Skopinich is going to make sure that you maximize your recovery and get the settlement that you deserve. That's why for 25 years, he's been fighting for people on both sides of the river, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So let Tom Skopinich bring that insider knowledge of how the insurance companies are to you. Just go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. Get what you deserve. A fighter on your side who's going to go out there and he's going to have your back. And most importantly, he's going to take on the insurance companies because that's what needs to happen. And unlike the big billboard clowns out there, you're going to deal directly with Tom Skopinich. Trust me when I tell you he's the fighter you need in your corner. Scopelawyer.com, scopelawyer.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.